0: Today's subject is the seeds of alchemy and the reason I'm talking about this today is because on the last session when we were talking about the reaping of your harvest that was around the um, autumn uh, equinox, um, that was a request. People said, can you talk about alchemy? So here I am talking about alchemy. Uh, two other subjects came up as well, epigenetics and quantum healing and I'll, I'll, brief, I'll go across those as well as we're going through the, uh, the discussion. Um, I'm going to try and do a bit of a guided meditation as well uh, halfway through so if you listen to this while you're driving you might want to uh, pull over at that point It'll only be about 5 or 10 minutes worth um, so yeah, I, I, alchemy interesting uh, subject it's a word that comes from the old French and medieval Latin and Arabic and it means the metal the art of transmuting metals is where it comes from so alchemy um, comes from two lineages the first and most ancient is the eastern lineage and that's sort of a chinese um, indian and what have you and that tends to be um, what you call spiritual alchemy and that's pretty much what we're going to talk about today spiritual alchemy um, whereas the, the Western tradition uh, is more sort of uh, procedural, and that's all about transmutation. The uh, the alchemists of the Middle Ages, they were very keen on, uh, and before that, in fact, in Greek Greek and ancient Rome and Egypt and, and Samaria, very keen on uh, turning uh, things into gold to make them rich. And the other thing they were keen on was discovering the universal elixir of life, the secret to immortality now as it happens when you dive into spiritual alchemy one of the things that you promote is self-healing which is always good and when you self-heal then that helps the aging process at least slow down uh, and it helps you live weller uh, live weller for longer so inspired by uh, this request um, on alchemy I've started a new playlist uh, on Insight Timer called Seeds of Alchemy and what I did is I went through my back catalog and I looked at all the meditations that had a kind of alchemical bent to them, and I put them all in one place. One of the problems being a creator like me, one of the problems with Insight Timer is it's like, um, it's like the biggest library in the world, but someone's gone in and taken all the books off the shelf, put them all on the floor, and switched the lights off, so it's difficult to find things. But playlists are a great, great way to find things. So in the, um, in the Seeds of Alchemy playlist, you'll find my more, um, my, my more esoteric meditations and I'm going to augment that I'm going to add more and more one, well, at least one every month to that uh, in, into that, that that list. I'm also currently serializing in there my book New Magic for a New Era which I never I published it in 2016 but I never did the audiobook version for some strange reason. I think it's because another book came along pretty much soon after that. So um, I've got just uploaded this, this the second chapter uh, today so that'll be available in a couple of days time. And I'm going to do a chapter a month. So in 11 months' time, I'll end up having recorded the audio book, so I can up- upload it to Audible and and the like, and uh, and then you'll be the first to hear it on Inside Time. If you can't wait, of course, then do go to Amazon; it's available in ebook and 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 print. But the reason I mention that is that's my most alchemical book. What I did there um, is I, I wrote my life story. Basically, um, my mother had just passed away. And I asked a business coach what book I should write next. I had three ideas for books. And she came up with the fourth. She said, why don't you write your life story? And I said, well, it's pretty boring because I've always landed on my feet. And uh, she said, uh, "Well, well, don't you think that'd be worth sharing? And she had a point. At the time, most spiritual development books or personal development books were about people going to the edge and coming back with some sort of learning from that trauma Whereas uh, my book is just about how you breathe through life and, and live a, a charmed life of bliss and uh, and what have you. So that that's going to be up on the on the um, Seeds of Alchemy playlist. And there's loads of alchemical secrets that I'm sharing in there. Um, so what can be transmuted? So obviously uh, lead into gold, you can do it in a particle accelerator. So it can be done. By the way, excuse the the, the military are doing flying a couple of jets above me, so you might hear some noise above. Excuse me for that. So um, yeah, so so you can, with the right amount of energy, you can transmute anything into anything. But that's I guess that's sort of quantum magic, uh, science magic, not alchemical magic. What we're going to talk about today is how you can transmute matter so with the mind alone you can um, do things like levitation and telekinesis and that sort of stuff but it's easier to do inorganic organic matter rather than inorganic matter and and that's where the healing comes in to so quantum healing and epigen uh, epigenetics epigen- uh, gen- quantum healing is is kind of i don't really like the term um when you put quantum in front of everything it implies it's dead posh and fancy when People that sometimes use that word, and in fact, this was Deepak Chakra that uh, came up with it. I think it's been used in the wrong context here, and it doesn't do science any good. It doesn't do spirituality any good to say quantum healing. It's just quantum. It's just healing at a, a microscopic level, and you can do that with the mind. And I'm going to explain a little bit how you do that a bit later. How we can heal anyone anywhere, uh, and ourselves, indeed, um, or. Inorganic matter, a bit more difficult to do. Um, I don't really try to do it, quite frankly, uh because... just don't. Um, it's, it's hard to do. It can be done. But what you can manipulate is space and time. So you can manipulate the um, fabric of space. You can make things bend. You can, uh, you can change your aura. You can change your physical place in the world. You can bend the auras of other people and heal the auras of other people too, whether that's in, in the present or in the past or in the future. And you can also mani- manipulate the dimension of time. Uh, which is kind of interesting, and I thought what we might do next Moons, because these are all on the on the full moon, is spend a bit of time in the next session if that's okay with everybody, and maybe give me a thumbs up or a love if you like the idea of this. We'll do some temporal alchemy in the next session. How does that sound? So I mentioned there's two um, uh, there's two forms of alchemy there's the the two two lineages of alchemy there's the eastern tradition uh and the western tradition eastern tradition is kind of female it's intuitive in the tarot which we'll talk about in a bit then uh, that would be mirrored by the high priestess uh the uh, male kind of alchemy which is i guess that's what would be looking at inorganic matter uh, is all about transmutation and spells and incantations and all that kind of stuff and that would be um, summed up by the magician in the in the tarot Um, but there's something we have to do as a precursor before we start dabbling with this kind of magic because it's really 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 powerful and one of the reasons that um, any esoteric thought has been limited and and convoluted and made more complex one it's one reason is because um it's been uh, kept safe so people don't do damage with it and the other reason is that it's sometimes been in the hands of men who wanted to keep the secrets for themselves so there's a few prerequisites that we all need to bear in mind before we start dabbling in these arts and if you don't you I'm sure you've all uh, read a bit of Harry Potter or seen the film and stuff like that if you don't these arts do become the dark arts as opposed to the white arts so i'm just going to invite you now to sit back relax take a big breath in and then release all the stale air from your lungs and i'm going to give you Seven caveats, seven things that we all have to do before we start using this magic. So the first thing we're going to do before we do that is just um, move our consciousness uh, out of our frontal lobes to the centre of our brain. So I want you to imagine, and you can do this with your eyes closed or eyes open, that you're just looking at the back of your eyeballs. And you want to locate this place if you put your tongue to the roof of the mouth and imagine... A spot about two or three inches up and two or three inches back. Just imagine that you're watching yourself as you're watching me. And if you're like me we're all human. It's very easy to bear a grudge and we can hold grudges Many things, there's many things in the world at the moment to be angry about. Many people in the UK are angry at the government. I'm sure that's not just the UK. Many people are angry at um, all this misogyny that's going around, this violence against women. We've had uh, the, the violence against the MP in the UK recently, a violent uh, scene over in Norway with the guy with the bow and arrows, okay. um, We can be angry at the government, we can be angry at those people that commit heinous offences. We can be angry at the media for spreading rumours or falsely inflating stories. We've had that in the UK with the petrol crisis recently. There really wasn't a petrol crisis, but the media caused the storm. You can be angry at the newsreaders that read stuff out when actually it's just their job. They're human, like you and I. They've got souls, they're on a mission, they're trying to learn why they've come round to the earth plane. So one of the first things we must do before we start to invoke our alchemical prowess is to forgive. To forgive all those people that seemingly are doing things that transgress us that we don't agree with. And there's another person we need to forgive as well. And that's us. You have to forgive yourself for all the things that you've done that were not so good, things that you regretted. Forgive yourself for things that you haven't done that you feel you should have done. And just give yourself a bit of a day off. Everything's fine. The reason we're all here just now is actually a testament to that. If we weren't here, then we wouldn't be here to do something which is going to transform the planet individually and collectively. So, forgiveness is the first caveat we have to bear in mind pre invoking any alchemical skills and powers the second uh, and this is really important as well is that when you start to get powers super sensibilities they can easily go to your head they can fill your ego and inflate your ego so the first the second thing we need to bear in mind is we must be humble We're not the only person that's been able to evoke these powers. There are more powerful people than us in the present and in the past and in the future. Many people with slightly different skill sets as well. So we go about this in a humble way. And realizing that any powers that do come our way don't come from us, they come through us, they're conferred on us by the divine source. And then the third caveat, the third thing to bear in mind is this requires dedication, practice, making some errors, trying lots of different things, finding what does work and what doesn't work. I think um, Thomas Edison, when he found the the longer lasting filament. He didn't actually invent the electric light bulb. All he did was come up with the longest lasting filament. Apparently he came up with, tested 10,000 different materials before he found this really exotic bamboo. One of his researchers found in Central America that seemed to last for about 40 hours. That's how long his bulb lasted for. And, um, and so when someone criticised him for trying all these things out, he said, yeah, but now I know 9,999 things that don't work. And he also made copious notes about those things, so they might be useful for something else. So in our alchemical journey, we find out what doesn't work. That's as important as when we find out something that does work. And we only really find that out by dedication and practice every single day. Fourth caveat is tolerance. Just to cut everyone and everything and yourself a bit of slack. This is slightly the same as forgiveness, but it's about being tolerant and understanding that everyone is on a different journey and everyone's on a different point of their journey. Some people are on the journey with you, which is great. And I feel like everyone that's on this call is on this particular of a journey with me so I really appreciate that and I like the idea that we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and when I mention about dedication go into that uh, Sage Seeds of Alchemy playlist and listen to a meditation in the day it'll soon come to you and be tolerant for um, the speed that you pick them up at and be tolerant of people around you that might even not know what is going on uh, the fifth thing to bear in mind is uh, to be grateful Gratitude. Gratitude for all that is. All the things that happened in the past to bring you here. So, all your ancestors have, have culminated in you being here today. The past of Mother Earth and the solar system and the whole cosmos, all the stars that have died. So, we can be having this experience, this incarnate experience. And also be grateful for the alchemical powers that are conferred on you. So, when you learn a new skill, when you find something that works, be sure to say thank you. Then the sixth thing is really important is to be calm. When you start to invoke alchemical powers, if you react too much, you can literally, in a sort of Harry Potter kind of way, uh, send thought forms out um, that could manifest elsewhere in the universe or around you. So having a calm demeanor is really, really important one of the reasons to be calm is that it makes you very immune to other thought forms that are floating around so if there's anyone that is in a panic stressful and someone that's emitting what might be called negative thought forms you become immune to them you don't they don't stick with you a lot of people when they're doing this sort of development work talk about opening up your chakras and I've been to several schools where they say, well, once they've opened up, when you leave here, close them down again, just in case something sticks that you don't want to stick. When you're calm, then you can run with your chakras open all the time and nothing can stick. You're always like you're, you're impervious to this sort of thing. And then the seventh thing is about joyfulness. This is something to really cherish. And with that joy comes true power. So I'll run through these caveats again. Forgiveness, number one. Humility, number two. Dedication, number three. Tolerance, number four. Gratitude, number five. Calmness. And everything leading to joy. Because this stuff is joyful. I love um, some of the things that happened to me in my alchemical journey. That it's made my life a lot more fun than it was when I was a boring IT engineer. So, what's, what's an alchemist actually doing? So, an alchemist is somebody who is a three-dimensional being. So, we've got this: we've got height, we've got width, and we've got depth. But who realizes they're actually a nine-dimensional being inside a three-dimensional? Uh, body. Just to repeat number four uh, V thanks for that uh, question number four was tolerance for all it is that everything is actually perfect and just be tolerant because everyone's in a different phase in their journey so yeah so what an alchemist is doing is actually uh, firstly realising that they are a nine dimensional spirit having a three dimensional experience with the forward arrow of time the ninth dimension is the in, in classical um, terms is the element of fire. This is the what's called the archetypal plane, uh, which is nicely modelled in the minor arcana of the tarot. And this is the plane of ideas. Uh, when an idea comes to us, that is the seed for our alchemy. That's the actual seed. Then we move into the seventh dimensional plane, which is the uh, element of water. And this is the creative plane, but we can do anything with this idea. So what we're we going to do with this lead that we're going to convert into gold. What we're we, we going to do with it, what, how can we then manipulate the gold? The third element, which is the fifth dimension, is the element of air. And this is the formative plane where we come up with an actual plan of how to go forward. And then we end up in the earth plane. Now in between those planes, in between the ninth dimension of fire, the seventh dimension of water, and the fifth dimension of air, and the third dimension of our physical plane, there are um, three even dimensions. So the plane that connects the third to the fifth is obviously the fourth, and that's the dimension of time. The plane that uh, connects the, air, uh, the fifth dimension to the seventh dimension is the plane of light. So this is why Lucifer, uh, Lucifer, who is being castigated as the devil, is the light bringer, the bringer of change, sixth dimensional angel. And then the dimension that connects fire and water is the eighth dimension. That's the water plane of the seventh dimension and the fire plane of the ninth dimension. And that's the plane of thought. So it's thought starting as a seed percolating down. So it then comes into action. Now, when we talk about temporal alchemy next month, I'll explain how what is sometime happening to us as alchemists is all we're doing is picking up on the future. So something's happening in the future, which we don't know about right now, but what's actually happening is we're picking up on that thought form from the future, doing something now to manifest the future we're about to then, to then evolve into, because it's kind of a, a causal time loop. And then one of the things we can use as alchemists to make all this magic happen is Keys. Now, in the old days, what would happen is someone would get, um, I don't know, an an eye of newt and the tongue of a a frog and a bat's foot or something like that and mix them all together with some sort of vile-smelling liquid and then put some flame underneath it uh, and then probably do an incantation. And so they use these sort of methods... Try and conjure up demons and gins and this sort of stuff into the, into the world. And actually, by the way, when when you do that sort of stuff, that's this Western mysteries tradition. When you try and conjure up an external spirit that that you then uh, control, this is actually quite dangerous alchemy. And it's ego based alchemy. Um, you you end up actually not being in control, and the spirit can be quite mischievous. And, and and take things over now the thing is this spirit doesn't actually exist it's been conjured up by the mind of the person that's uh done all this kind of stuff so you can use any of these techniques to conjure things up if it floats your boat uh, i've seen people sort of use feathers and and pace out things in chalk circles and candles and this sort of stuff that's all very fine uh, but what i tend to use is energy cards so i've got a whole load of cards in front of me right now um anyone that's worked with me uh, would have known i'm a great fan of the tarot so you can use the major and minor arcana of the tarot and right now um uh, siri uh, the artist series in norway is also on insight as the meditation guide and i are creating a brand new tarot deck which is going to come out in the new year and the tarot is this thing it's um It's not owned by anybody. No one owns the tarot. You can't trademark it, although some people try and trademark it. But it's a a collective bunch of wisdom. And the major arcana of the tarot describes us. Uh, It describes our 22 thought processes in different styles of thought. And the minor arcana describes us as nine-dimensional beings. But well, what Siri and I have done is extended the deck, so we've created a twenty-third card, which is kind of modelled on the Osho Zen deck. But we've created a fifth suit, so there's five suits of fifteen cards. So we've even extended the number of cards as well from fourteen up to fifteen. So what we can do with with alchemy is not allow it to be fixed by having a new thought about these keys. We create a new mode of alchemy, and that's been done actually by the people that have created the mechanisms for what we're talking about now this stuff this electronic stuff that we're i'm this medium i'm talking through and you're hearing me from and seeing me through is modern day alchemy so science is alchemy so people don't really I'd quite understand how quantum uh electronics works uh, but it kind of does um and so a lot of magic a, a lot of current science Came from pre-science, and in the old days, people like uh, I don't know, Francis Bacon, and what have you, even Isaac Newton, they were alchemists as well, and uh, they would um, even uh, it was I reading about the other day, Uh, quite a modern physicist. Every time he made a did an observation, would also make a note of the the phase of the moon and uh, and the timing of the year as well, just in case astrological factors were affecting his experiments, and of course they do, because that's one of the other keys the other key we can use uh, is astrological timing people might notice there's lots of planets in retrograde at the moment um, and that might be slowing things down on Earth, but everything's a matter of perspective, and if uh, you're on any of the retrograde planets, and you happen to be observing Earth, you'd see earth out of retrograde going the other way so we if you think earth's in retrograde that's the equivalent to having this sort of um intolerant view of the way things are Uh, when we're tolerant about what's going on and we understand this perspective we understand that basically earth is speeding on ahead of all these planets and actually doing rather well for itself despite all the things that are going on around us which is why this tolerance is really really important so yeah so i use i use cards as my as my keys um i've got loads of decks i've got a a really modern uh, tarot deck called the bright ideas deck which is great and you can take it inside businesses because it's got no tarot references at all in fact the deck that um, siri and i are working on at the moment is also quite contemporary and and it hasn't got that level of fluff that might um, worry some people. It's got a lot of power behind it, and a lot of power in the imagery, and a lot of power in the words, uh, and what have you. But uh, it's, it's also a contemporary deck in terms of the way it's been designed and the way it can be used. And what you can do with um, with with a, a set of cards. Is, is use them in combination. So you can you what you can do is you can do um, like a reading. You know you can do a spread, um, and a spread can be a single card, or it can be three cards, or it can be what they call a Celtic cross, or you can do a circle, and that sort of stuff. And then that set of energies becomes like a spell. And, and what I often do is I, I put a, a spread of cards out on my, my my desk in the morning, and I allow that magical energy to come into the day and it blows me away what happens as a result of having energy cards just facing up and you don't have to look at them they can just be in the corner of your eye but stuff they invoke in your world is just absolutely astonishing and there's so so many decks of cards out there just go with the ones that you feel you're attracted to and go from there I like that one says any, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Arthur C. Clarke, which is just great. Yeah, so so as alchemists, um, what we're doing is we're we're in advance of science, and that's why um, these two topics of quantum healing and, and epigenetics, I didn't want to talk about just now because I looked up on Wikipedia about them, and um, I if you look those two terms up you find that uh, there's some there's a, I think it was in quantum healing, epigenetics it was there was something about pseudoscience and uh, Brian Cox I think uh, said um, he argues that the misuse of the word quantum uh such as its using in quantum healing has a negative effect on society, as it undermines the genuine science and discourages people from engaging with contra- conventional medicine. And what have you? And this is the view of a materialist science, and I kind of agree with him in a way, but we kind of need a new phraseology to go along with the stuff that can be done. So I disagree that quantum. I don't think quantum healing is a, a very helpful phrase. It's just healing, quite frankly, and in. Every, Uh, genetics are we actually changing our dna i would say well does it matter the results matter what comes from it matters so if we end up levitating or doing some telekinesis or what have you you don't necessarily need to know how or why it's happened it's just happened and what's much more important is the intent that you have in how you invoke this alchemy into your world and much what's much more important than that is what you use it for. What do you use your alchemy for? If it's just to make you look good, or to uh, say at dinner parties, all the wonderful things you can do, all the magical things you can do, then you're sort of missing out on the seven caveats that I mentioned before. The best alchemy by far is the alchemy that is dispensed for other people's benefit and they don't even know what happened they know something's happened they might not attribute it to you but something happened as a result of your action in the world and your thoughts and your thought patterns in in the world i've just mentioned a couple of other things you can do uh, to to invoke the alchemical powers in you uh sound is important so um, um any of my um any of my uh, ambient sounds uh, you can use to get into that mode, and the reason for that is when I'm composing them, then uh, I'm in that mode as well. You can use um, crystal, um, singing bowls, and that kind of thing, gongs, all that kind of stuff uh, to do sounds. Just nature, uh, nature sounds invoke alchemy. Flames, candles, and incense sticks, and I, I, I advise people don't go down the I a washer uh, and the drugs route but p- some people do, they like that sort of thing another great thing you can do um, and again I'll, I'll uh, just want to big up my, my great friend uh, Siri, is art just moving a pen across a page, th- doing things like uh, mandalas and, and uh, using sacred geometrical patterns and what have you. you can do amazing stuff just by making a mark on Page, which is really really uh, kind of cool so let me just uh, wrap up by bigging up our alchemical prowess and um, now there's a meditation on this on um, in the Seeds of Alchemy playlist uh, many of you may have heard it before called the heart ray activation or the heart chakra activation and the reason it works really really well is twofold. One, is it's much more powerful than just having a thought and trying to manifest it. And two, when you invoke something from the heart, the power of the heart is something like between a thousand and ten thousand times bigger than any thought form that might come from your head. So if I was to, let's just say, if I was to wish for something to happen, that's one thing if I was to love that something would happen that's another thing entirely let's just do a couple of things we'll do a mudra Well, I want you to uh, if you're on video you can uh, see this uh, just touch your thumb and your middle fingers uh, together and what this does is connect our conscious mind with the super consciousness and then hold your palms up so it's like that so you're holding your, your, your palms so up. I want you to breathe in and as you breathe in, imagine that the breath is coming up through your palm and as you breathe out, imagine that the breath is coming down through your palm. And let's do that together for five in and out breaths. And now on the next in-breath, imagine it starting in the bottom of your spine and going all the way up on the in-breath to the top of your crown. Then on the out-breath, it comes all the way down the inside of your spine, down to the room again. Let's just do that three times together. On the next out breath let the breath come down through your throat and allow it to stop at your heart center. Obviously you'll keep breathing but you imagine the breath energy, the Chi energy stops at your heart center and now I want you to think about something that you'd like to happen in your life. Something to really make your year, we've got three months now till the end of the year, two and a half months before the end of the year. Something that would, something you'd love, love to happen in your world. And now just take your attention to your lower mind centers and just become aware of that feeling that it might not happen. Maybe it's a fear, maybe it's a need, maybe it's a wanting. Just become aware of those two. Thought forms. One in your head, this desire that something could happen, or wouldn't it be great if it happened? And then this sort of nagging feeling that we get sometimes in our lower mind centres: why is it not happening to me? Maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe I'm just not worth it. All of that. All of those sort of thoughts. Is someone else not me? And I want you to take those two thoughts. So take them to the desire that something might happen the fear that it might not happen or the that self-loathing even it's not too strong a word and bring those two thought forms together so they're sitting on your heart center just let them swirl around and mingle together this desire and this fear now, big breath in and I want you to breathe out well, breathe out so there's a, a spiral of energy coming out through your heart. So, on the out breath, you breathe out energy. So, breathe, breathe in, and then on the out breath, a spiral of energy comes out from your heart. Now, on that spiral, what I'd like you to do is put the notion of what would happen to you, to your friends, to your family, to the planet, when this thing that you desire manifests. So, it's not putting out the thought form about the desire it's putting the thought form out about the resulting benefit to everybody when that desire is manifest breathe in and you can make that spiral of energy go brighter further and further out go out in space and go out in time this is an alchemical technique called the two mind transmutation you take lower so-called negative thoughts and higher positive thoughts. You may bring them together, let them constructively interfere and and, and cancel each other out. And then you send a third thought form out. So let me give you an example of that. My thought form right now is that has this, I've got this desire that I've hopefully transferred some information to that's useful. I've got this maybe this nagging fear that I'm talking complete rubbish and uh, you all think that completely bonkers. I let those two thoughts come together, cancel each other out. And the third thought form that I send out is that I don't really mind what happens as a result of this, so long as there's some benefit to you and some benefit in the world. You don't need to get paid. I know that by doing this, the, all I need to keep me alive and keep me well and keep me going will come in from another source. And what goes out comes out around. You don't need that to come back in. From the people that you're dispensing the alchemical magic secret to. So, fantastic stuff, everybody. As I say, lots more in the uh, playlist. Loads of fantastic meditations there that have got loads of esoteric um, uh, benefits to you. And then there's the serialization of the new magic for the new era book, which is also going to happen on, on the same set uh, playlist. There's already one chapter up, there'll be another chapter up in a couple of days and I'll then do one a month uh, from them. And by the way, um, the, the the first real chapter when I get into the meat of it is about manifesting money, how you manifest actual money. And thank you, Erin, uh, for that donation, you're very kind. So see you all in a month's time, everybody, and uh, take care. And do let me know, by the way, uh, when your magical powers are effective and uh, they've actually worked and you've created some magic in the world.